back with our 100th episode uh, special. We're, we're, we're checking on. We're uh, alternating between the Skype and the uh, uh, question and answer with the uh, crew. But we have here right now with this uh, segment, uh, Adam Scott Glancy of Pagan Publishing, a uh, longtime contributor to RPPR. Uh, so, uh, Scott, uh, when, we, when I say RPPR, what do you think of? Uh, what do I think of? I think of... Um... <laughs> um i think of the guys who uh first started to uh first put up my um uh, games at gen con is what i think <laughs> is uh uh without you guys uh putting up those world war one games um i would not have any momentum for the uh horrors of war project that hopefully will be coming to fruition and getting uh kick-started this summer um and certainly uh you guys uh if it hadn't been for you guys having me on the show and blathering on and filling filling your airtime i would not have subsequently gotten uh you know invitations to go on other podcasts and essentially fill their airtime as well um i think you clearly demonstrated that all you have to do is ask me you know two questions and you could pretty much fill two hours of podcast time you know with with no need for a script or you know or a, a, a show notes or anything else just wind up glancing and let him go so the guys at the uh, Miskatonic University podcast and uh, the uh, Lovecraft Ezine uh, uh, you know uh, magazine and a couple other places have 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 come to me and said so that thing you do on our PPR can you do it on our show too so yeah that's uh th- that's kind of hilarious so i i mean i have long uh held the position that uh, having being the honor of being in one of your world War, uh, historical games uh should count for college credit uh, <laughs> yes if if any of it was accurate um let's, yeah. let's, <laughs> sure i talk a good game i'm fairly certain <laughs> that it's it's probably not quite as uh, historically accurate yeah but, monsters aside i mean i know a lot shot, more about world war one powered armored trains aside it's still quite <laughs> it's quite accurate and i certainly have a i have a new one that i've run uh at the um I have a new one for this uh, c- coming up Gen Con, if you guys are interested. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a lot smaller than the others. It's a nice, compact little one that was sort of designed for cons. Um, so if you guys have any interest in being Italian Alpine troops... Oh, in- this is the, you told me about this last year. Yeah. Uh, the one set in the mountains. What was that movie that was based on that? Well, there's, uh, there's, a, there's an Italian film called uh, Many Wars Ago that I saw. Um, that uh, was made in the seventies and, uh, uh, it's, it's, it basically makes, you know, the, the, the Blackadder goes forth TV series, you know, where Rowan Atkins and the crew from Blackadder go to world war one and experience all the irrationality and madness of, of, of world war. It basically makes that look like, um, you know, a, a a Steven Seagal action thrill <laughs> as far as you know the level of nonsense and madness and uh, you know insanity that goes on at the front um, yeah it's uh, it's it's everything you ever wanted from trench warfare in, in Flanders only it's vertical so you can fall out of your trench and fall 1500 feet to your to a speedy Yet, you know, uh, you know, Doppler effect death as you fall past other trenches on the way down. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Plus frostbite. Plus my my other favorite stat is that 
more people die on the Alpine front in avalanches than die from chemical weapons attacks. That's that's kind of impressive in its own way. Yeah. It's depressing, but you know. Yeah, and, uh, and, the, and the Italian army is going to make the Italian army of World War One um, makes the British, the Germans, and the Russians look like Amish humanitarians by comparison, <laughs> as far as the relationship between the, the work relationship between the officer class. And the enlisted men, it's um, it's it's uh, a lot of officers prodding men forward at the point of a of a revolver to wow. get out there and get in there and attack the Ital- attack the uh, the Austrians one more time. In Flanders, they renamed uh, the Second Battle of the Somme and and the Second and Third Battles of Ypres. As different things. I think the Second Battle of the Somme is called Passchendaele. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, because they, and they renamed it because they didn't want people to know that they had, you know, fought over the same piece of ground twice to no effect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Italians have something like the 12 battles of the Inzonzo River. <laughs> okay. So just to let you know how much progress they made <laughs> over three years of combat. Yeah, they... They have 12 battles over the same, you know, 20 wow. stretch of turf. It's it's not pretty. So I have this. I finally found something to do with the Italians, uh, a mythos problem to stick in there uh, and to get you into the environment where it's all hanging off of glaciers and mountain climbing and frostbite and, you know, whiteout conditions and the mythos. Just in case. Hooray. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> Got to add in that Archer. Yay. <laughs> Put in every episode. You could say that that's a, a zone filled with danger. What would you call that? <laughs> I don't know, Lana. What would you call that? Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, it, I finally got something for you guys on that. So, do you think um, running these games for RPPR and uh, uh, or just recording for actual plays that has that affected uh, when you've run games at conventions or uh, affected how you've written games? Oh or, yeah, you guys I, have. You guys have uh, being on RPPR raised my profile. You know, yeah. Um, people, you know, you know, a lot more people heard of Pagan Publishing. People come up to me at Gen Con and they're like, "Oh, we know you from the RPPR. We don't know you from Delta Green. What's that? Um, you've never <laughs> run any Delta Green on 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 RPPR. We thought Ross invented Delta Green. You know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, no, but you guys have raised clearly raised my um, profile uh, uh, in the gaming world because uh, people have listened to these things, um, and uh, you know, uh, and it's it's made sales. You know, what can I tell you? People have. Uh, people- well, I mean, in terms of actually writing the scenarios, I mean, has feedback from people who have listened to the game uh, affected how you've like revised scenarios or anything? Like oh that? yeah, um, uh, definitely. And that you know, particularly <clears throat> con games, you know, where it's like, I mean, as much fun as U Boat Harouse was to run over two nights, we we have eleven hours of gaming there. You know, yes, um, it, that's kind of obscene, uh, uh, <laughs> at least for a con setting. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that's I, true. Running that over three nights over three weeks or something, you know, uh, that could work. Yeah. Uh, back in the real world uh, is fine. But uh, certainly um, I have 
push some scenarios to become more con-worthy um, uh, because of the experience of playing these things, um, and uh, and to make them, you know, not just con-worthy, but you know, uh, things you can crack open, uh, uh, you know, you can crack open and dispose of in one night, and certainly. Uh, the, uh, the 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 Italian front game uh, that's sort of the so I think it's one of the, the perfect distillation of this and that it's about a four hour game uh, three to four hours is what I've played it in uh, depending on how you know fast the players want to move the situation along or the night mission which is also sort of yeah marvelous that was that was pretty that was pretty compact um, but uh, and, you know all we have to do of course is trim out all of my um, segueing bullshit into historical <laughs> anecdote and these things will rock along in about three hours you know um, certainly uh, the uh, plenty of people have commented no don't leave out all those glancy hogwash we like the glancy hogwash but <laughs> Even so, that's a you know. Even so, that's a mixed bag. Not everybody likes the Glancy Hog. Um, well, definitely one thing I've I've realized is that there is a difference between playing the game and listening to the game. And I think a lot of the times, uh, certainly there's been some times when, as a player, uh, yeah, like the the uh, the briefings, uh, I'd be like, all right, it's interesting, but it's not as engaging as actually you know mm-hmm. blowing up monsters with oh, dynamite. Well, the, or, yeah, the, yeah. The big fail on that was the very first one I did that you didn't record. I absolutely yeah. front loaded way too much information. The Zeppelin game. The Zeppelin yes. game. And I never made that mistake again. I hope. Yeah. Uh, uh, for anyone but... who's bored in the other games, let me assure you that it was much worse <laughs> the first time out. Where I'm like, he had diagrams. He had Matt, like of the the Zeppelin. I mean, uh, there were books. There were it was it was a lecture. Yeah, it's I mean. like you got. I was I, you know, and again, it would, you know, I just learned that okay, I, it does not matter if I give you the Zeppelin lecture on how it works. Uh, yeah. You will forget in the heat <laughs> of the combat, and when I have to say, you know what, this this machine won't do that. You know, yeah. it doesn't have the capacity or you're running out of ballast or, you know, whatever the problem you've created through the operation of the machine. I just have to inflict that on you as the game goes rather than try and warn you. You might not want to do that. I'm just going to at the beginning. Yeah. You just got to thread that through. And that's half of some of these these uh, these World War One games has been right. you confronting the technology of the era. Yeah. Like the submarine, like the. Like the armored train, like the um, uh, the, the bombers, the, t- yeah, the the tunneling. It's all about you. You know, one of the big things is you encountering the technology and sort of getting one bit of bad news after another. <laughs> that does seem to be uh, a demic, uh, very uh, uh, reoccurring theme in those in the World War One tech. Uh, yeah, the night mission. One of the things that really stuck out to me was the uh, the fact that the scars actually. That I've always the pilots had had a very practical purpose, namely the the getting the oil out of the the goggles, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Wow, I never thought about that, and that was uh, a really great detail. But I think you know the these just because the briefing isn't necessarily as engaging as like the actual scenes uh, in the game, but the listeners, I think you know it doesn't matter to them. They're not playing the game anyway; they're just listening. So I think there is sort of a difference between what is a good game. To be, you know, what is best for players and what is best for listeners. So, uh, 
uh, I mean, it's not always the same. Sometimes they, they, it can be both uh, equally entertaining for player and listener, but sometimes there is that. Uh, well, everybody it can be one or the other. Everybody loves listening to you machine gun things to death. Yeah. That's one thing we've learned from the uh, from the from these games is that yeah. anytime Ross is near a belt fed you know uh, machine gun, uh, that's a big audience you know <laughs> thumbs up clicks for the rest of the comment section is yeah yeah and it's only in your games that I've had that kind of luck with belt fed machine guns. Uh, <laughs> well, they're all over the damn World War One, so you keep running into them. Um, yeah, uh, but in other games like games that I've played here, it's I haven't been quite as lucky with that. Uh, <laughs> Well, it is Call of Cthulhu. It's it's yeah. always going to it's always going to turn out poorly in some respect. <laughs> yeah, true enough. Uh, but I think you know there are there are times it wouldn't. I, I know that in some of our actual plays that uh, they've been entertaining as players, but they haven't been as as much for the listeners, especially like combat that involves miniatures, like not Call of Cthulhu per se, but a lot of our D and D type games. We we use minis, and that player listeners are like, "What what's going on? I don't understand what's going on," and so it, it's kind of interesting to think about what makes a good ap versus a uh, a good game or what, well I'll, t- yeah. I'll tell you what it does definitely makes a good ap is 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 having greg stolte um and oh players yeah because that guy is goddamn hilarious um yeah and anytime he's on and he rolls with everything i mean he really he really embraces it and really is there just to have fun um, oh the, you know, yeah. the, the the story about the uh, the well of sacrifice Yes, <laughs> is, is sort of the classic, and I tell that story to people as you know the example of of a player embracing his fail, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, during a game. Which again, you know, um, uh, one of the things I, I, I sort of loathe about uh, certain uh, uh, story, uh, certain game concepts where they want to eliminate uh, the dice or they want to eliminate, uh, f- you know. Role failures or something like that, and move the story along. Is you can make a whole lot of interesting stuff happen with a failure, and mm-hmm. and Stolze demonstrates that beautifully in in Well of Sacrifice. So, I mean, my only fear in some of these mystery games uh, is that if I fail skill rolls, uh, skill checks, is that I will not be able to see all the story. I don't mind if my character meets a grisly fate, but I want to at least know why the monster's eating all of our, you know, eyeballs or whatever. Or at least, or at least find the monster. We've, we, you know, yeah, yeah. We had playtests where games happen where we're trying to find the scenario and we can't even find the scenario. You know, yeah. we, we, we know something terrible is happening and we can't, we can't even have it happen to us because we're so lost. Um, you know, that's a sign that you've written a bad scenario and we have to rewrite it. John Crow wrote a great Wild West scenario, <clears throat> which involved Chinese hopping vampires, the Shanxi, oh, wow. the Shanxi. Yeah, yeah. And we play tested it twice. The first time we never found the problem. <laughs> we it was it was supposed to be a Shanxi who was preying on Chinese railroad workers on the Transcontinental Railway in the mountains of California. Right. Um and he made some assumptions about what we we're gonna do as investigators that honestly didn't make any sense to me. It was railway workers are being killed on the line up by the where they're digging this tunnel through a mountain. I'm like, okay, we should go there and check it out. And he, John was like, why would you do that? Don't you realize you're supposed to go to San Francisco first? Why the fuck would we do that? You know, what's in San Francisco? Exactly. Like? What's in San Francisco? You know, exactly. And apparently, and, and so he's like, oh dear, I've blown it. So he rewrote it and 
yeah. uh, accounted for this, uh, you know, to, to, to drive us towards a, a clue vector or at least allow for the ability to backtrack to San Francisco where all the workers had come from. Right. Um, uh, you know, and uh, it worked out, you know, much better the second time around. It was actually, it's actually a great scenario. Um, has it been published yet? No, 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 no. We're hoping you know, we're going to try and do the World War One book first, and then try and do the War, Wild West book next year. Oh, I gotcha. But um, yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a great, you know, very fun scenario, and and very entertaining. And <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, let, let, <laughs> I just have to throw this out. One of those horrible moments where you know the, you, the vampires start thinking. Um, we figure out that there's a that the Chinese have a mixture of junk uh, that they put together that includes like some spices, some peppers, some iron filings, you know, some rice mixed together. It's the stuff you put down, and it has that kind of holy wafer effect where the vampires can't cross that line. If you draw a line, oh, this stuff. Yeah. And so we figure out that we need to get the entire camp of workers into the dead-end railway tunnel and then put down the line of this stuff to keep the vampires out, right? Right. And uh, so we figure that part out. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the vampires uh, start by trying to push a rail car down the rail line on top of everybody who's in the tunnel. Because there's 200 guys crammed into a tunnel. Right. And, you know, that problem was solved with dynamite. But the concussion <laughs> blows all the stuff into the air. We we, we took to calling the stuff the hoo-ha because we didn't – even the Chinese didn't have a name for it. Because what's the stuff called? And they're like, it's the stuff. You just put it down. And it keep <laughs> so we, all right, we're calling it the hoo-ha. So we put the hoo-ha down. You know, the dynamite concussion blows all the hoo-ha into the air. We have to put some more down quickly. And then the vampires realize – that they can sweep the hoo-ha out of the way with brooms. <laughs> so we're sitting there trying to make fallback lines of this stuff and throwing, you know, Molotov cocktails full of oil, lamp oil at them to keep them away from the, the stuff. But yeah, uh, it, it turned into this horrible siege of the railway tunnel. We're all trapped in there where there's like 20 some odd vampires trying to get in and, and kill everybody. Uh, but yeah, um, the vampires just don't sit there and go, oh, we can't cross the line. I guess we're done for the day. No, they just start trying to improvise stuff. They just go to our to uh, they just go to our tool shed, break it open, and start using tools against us. Ah, which is the worst. Nothing worse than the undead armed with tools. Um, zombies with ladders. That's something you don't want to see either. Just just saying. Um, yeah. That turns up in. Um, the vengeful dead where you're besieged in the, in, in that's in the, um, uh, the, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, suddenly forgotten the name of our last book. Um, uh, bumps in the night. Yeah. Where, uh, the, the scenario of the vengeful dead, you know, the, the zombies go when you've locked all the doors and windows, zombies go and get axes and tools out of the tool shed on the hotel grounds. And, you know, if you're, and then they go get, then, then they go get ladders so they can get through the windows upstairs. Yeah. That sucked. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, uh I'm way off course. Quick, bring bring circle this back around to how cool RPPR is because, uh, I got to tell you, I listen to every show. 
Um, I go back and listen to every show, mostly because out of just uh, pure unadulterated ego, because I'm hoping you'll you'll mention me again, you know, <laughs> at some point. So I, I just listen carefully, hoping that you or Tom will name drop me during the show. <laughs> we'll have to do keep doing that. Uh, well, it'll keep me listening. Don't you, know, you don't have to do it. You can drop my name once, and I'll listen to five shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have the ratio down. Yeah. So, uh, well, this episode will clearly count. And uh, oh yeah, we, I'll, uh, I'll tune in to listen to myself. No problem there. You can count <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's uh, RPVR has been a very educational experience for me uh, in terms of uh, aside from learning podcasting and uh, learning more about game design, just learning uh, what entertain. I mean, one thing I've learned is I think um, you can't have you know you you have your own preferences for say podcast listening or game design or whatever. But when you share it with the world, you realize hey, your audience has different tastes than you and so you you it's best to focus on what the audience wants and what not what you think the audience wants if yeah. that makes sense like i don't have i don't have a long commute or i don't have a long time so i don't listen to many actual plays but uh, hey the listener there's a, obviously an audience that does love the actual plays and uh for example so i i mean it, it sort of made me think more about uh you know, focus more on what they want, not what, you know, my preconceptions about what they want. <laughs> and the only way to really test that is to just throw it out there and see how they react to it. And then if they like it, do more of that. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird process, but I, it, it, no, it's, I, I find that, I find that absolutely hilarious that the, because to get that feedback from people saying, you know, I have a long commute. This is what I, yeah. this is what I got, you know, rather than listening to whatever the jocks have on the radio today or what, uh, whatever, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, pundit is pundificating, uh, yeah. you know, they'd rather, they'd, they'd, they'd rather, you know, <laughs> listen to us, um, just be awful on um, uh, what was it uh, on Dig the Victory, where everyone immediately became snobby British officers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I, I think it was <laughs> I, I think it was Stolte who threw out. You know, anyone from south of Dover is a wog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that was it. And uh, I, well, I mean, it's not just community either. Like there are people who like, I listen to it when I go out hiking or I, when I work out or when I, I have a boring job and I, oh, I God, can yeah. to, a, a yeah. stationary workout is so, is so mindfully boring. And yeah. you know what, sir, we're not making old time radio anymore. We're not making uh, yeah. a, a episodes of adventure or escape, yeah. you know, or quiet please or any of these, um, well, adventure is just one I made up, but uh, escape and quiet, please, are, are are two great, you know, radio series. Uh, suspense, that was the other one. Um, you know, uh, those kind of things where you can just plug in and sort of passively listen to it while doing another activity, hiking, driving, exercising. You know, yeah, doing uh, if you've got some mindless work to do, you know, pop those into your incredibly small iPod. That can yeah. store all the songs that ever were, and all the music, and all the you know, uh, yeah, that's incredibly convenient now here in the the fabulous information age. Well, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's been like there's one we had a whole discussion of this on the RPPR forums, and there's like one guy's like I sail, uh, and like when I'm on Anchor Watch, I listen to the horror games, you know, late at night, and it's just <laughs> drifting between the Catalina Islands, and I'm like, wow, uh, and. 
it's interesting, you know. I, I I've been looking through uh, referral links, RPPR, actual play, and there's Reddit discussion about like what are the best videos of game masters running. And so apparently, like the newest trend now is not even audio actual plays, but video actual plays with like web cameras and Google Hangouts. Uh, you also have like not just people who are using webcams to do a long distance game, but like people who just set up a camera, point it at the table, and then recording like a three hour thing and then throwing it on YouTube. Uh, and it's 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 interesting to see how uh, changes are. I'm not saying that RPPR is going to be going that route, but well, yeah, uh, unlike uh, unlike I hit it with my axe. Um, yeah, you guys do not have a face for you guys have a faces for, for radio, <laughs> so it's probably yeah. best if you're you know heard and not seen. Um, yeah. you you've, you're familiar with I hit it with my axe, right? Yes, that's the Zach Smith, yeah. uh, a porn star uh, slash artist. Because uh, he actually is a fine artist, like in the, in the high art world, uh, he, he's done that as well. But yeah, uh, the the D and D group, he does sort of an old school Renaissance type game, I think, yeah. like a, a second edition or. But that's uh, what I. That, that's I, I've tuned in and watched one episode, and I, I I was mostly struck by what unrepentant hooligans the the female gamers were. Um, yeah. I, I do not get to game with enough uh, female gamers. I grew up on female gamers. My original yeah. gaming group in high school was half women. Um, and, uh, you know, did not get to play with enough uh, women gamers these these days. But, uh, yeah, they were absolute, uh, yeah, they were absolute soccer hooligans. When they, you know, when their, when their D&D characters came into a town, they were going to leave it a smoking crater. You know, when they were done, there was just no respect for other people's rights. Or it was just like, wow, that's what chaotic evil looks like. Right. Holy shit. I, uh, I'm not evil. I'm neutral. Of course you are. Whatever you say. <laughs> In um, Caleb uh, uh, ran a game to a campaign to play test his cam- uh, Better Angels campaign, which is set in a high school. And Sarah, his uh, girlfriend, joined us for that. And she was very quiet, but she played when she wanted to. She could play a very ruthless character. And she was like, she was the only one out of our entire group who could actually execute a mission like stealthfully and skillfully and actually get it done. The rest of us would just cause, you know, like mayhem wherever <laughs> we went, you know. And while she's like, I'm going to turn into a bird, I'll fly up there, I'll set it on fire, I'll leave, and no one will know it's me. And I'm like, wow. And uh, she just blithely indifferent to her character's uh, uh, husband. It's like, I'm not going to help you cheat, honey, but um, on your law school exam. But I'm going to help all these kids cheat by using demonic superpowers because I want to get a better test score f- to help my school out. And like that, <laughs> you know, it's a very... Uh, <laughs> she adapted very quickly to, uh, well, you know, my character's set irradiating things uh, by turning someone's hand into radio. Oh, yes, I remember that. I remember the, 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 uh, the plutonium story or whatever. It was I think I can't remember if it was plutonium or uranium, but I turned someone's hand into uh, that. I think uranium. Because uh, <laughs> nothing says ninja like a guy turning. <laughs> uh, I wanted to scare them, and I was like, I thought something uh, glowy would scare them and uh, make them surrender, and that there were consequences to that. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
it's okay. It's no chaplain's. It's no chaplain store incident, but it's close. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we uh, look forward to uh, gaming with you again at Gen Con, and uh, next time, and your Kickstarter for uh, the Horrors of War and Delta Green. Any updates on that? That's still in the works. I, I'm though. still writing that. I'm uh, I, like I said. I, I am simultaneously blowing about four deadlines as I'm talking to you right now. Uh, so I am unloved. I am. I'm blowing a deadline for Patrick Harrigan, who's got me writing something for a, um, a collection of essays on wargaming, but he's wanted me to write something about how role-playing games handled combat uh, oh, over the years. Yeah. Um, I have found some truly broken combat systems. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that if I mention them online, that you will get somebody who will write into RPPR and go, Glancy doesn't know what he's talking about. Phoenix Command was the greatest role-playing game. Oh, no. I, I, I actually got, I eBayed a copy of Phoenix Command. I had to see it for myself. And, uh, wow, I cannot believe that that's not performance art, that that's not, like, just something to, like, <laughs> troll people. Like, people actually played that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's no fatal. But, you know, because that was just a game made by broken people. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a game where your, your combat rounds are in tenths of a second. Yeah. I was like, you guys realize you built a combat system based on, the, on, the, on a machine gun's action. <laughs> you didn't build a combat system on what a human being can do. You built a combat system based on what the machine can do so i think we know what's important in this game system you know it's not the characters it's the toys um yeah that one really blew me the d1000 hit location table yeah wow jesus yeah no we i've i've skimmed it and that that's enough yeah but uh, i look forward to reading that essay so uh, so yes I've, I've got that i'm doing uh, uh i've got uh about four things that's to do with shane um and uh, henry lopez has uh hired me uh to uh write something for a uh write something for uh a gen con scenario that i'll be running uh for them for a um a sort of uh, uh, a Cthulhu, you know, uh, uh, in the future uh, scenario where it's all sort of, I don't know, I guess the best technology um, equivalent for what they're looking for is something very Traveler 2300, somewhere, okay. somewhere around Outland, Aliens, Blade Runner, and that, you know, sort of milieu of, of alleged future tech, you know. Um, right. Uh, uh, so they're looking for something like that, and um, yes, they're, they're they've got me writing something for them, and I've got a you know, um, sort of a uh, rough draft to turn in by the end of the month. So yes, I am I am unloved at the moment amongst the people who have uh, uh, brought me these uh, brought me these jobs, and uh, most of which I would not be getting if uh, I had not. Uh, okay, well, the Delta Green ones, I guess I'd, I'd, I'd get regardless, but uh, <laughs> certainly our PPR has raised raised my um, profile and my status, so now people are coming to me with work, which is nice. 
Uh, well, we're glad we could help out, and we're glad for the uh, scenarios. You, uh, they are certainly part of our uh, uh, legacy. Uh, they're they're going to be people are going to be talking about them for years to come, uh, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, well, hopefully, I'll be able to get some more to you. I did record the game that I ran at uh, the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, so oh, okay. maybe I'll be able to uh, upload that to you in the future. Um, yeah, and. Uh, we did record a video game uh, via Google Hangouts um, for the HP Lovecraft Film Festival a couple of years back that they chose not to use. But if I could ever convince Gwen to uh, Gwen Callahan at the, at the festival to, to release the video to me, um, uh, maybe I can get maybe would there be a place on the RPPR website for video? Uh, yeah, there's we have a YouTube channel. Okay, so there you go. We can. We, we can do that. All right. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Scott. And when we come back, we'll have more from uh, Question and Answers. And we're back. Yes, and Tom has joined us uh, again. Hi! <laughs> uh, so, Tom, Jason, and I already answered the uh, Desert Island question, which, but David and Bill and Caleb and uh, Aaron haven't, so uh, why don't you, David, or do you want What's to read? What's the Desert Island question? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, let's read the question first. If the cast of RPBR, this is from Thomas Ma- uh, Smalley, by the way, uh, if the cast of RPBR were trapped on a desert island, who would last the longest? Who would be eaten first? And who would be the one to actually make it off the island? Is there caffeine on the island? Uh, it's a tri- desert, deserted island. And it's J.J. Abrams. Dead already. And it's J.J. Abrams writing our episode. After two days, I got the shakes and the DTs. And I'm just down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Caleb's answer. Uh, you know, I'm figuring we would probably all in that circumstance figure it was somehow Ross's fault for jamming us into that situation. <laughs> and rise up on Ma and uh, finally rid ourselves of the horrible uh, monster. One to actually survive, uh, I know not part of the regular cast, but if she happened to be there, probably Sarah, sneaky enough to pull it off. Sarah, yeah. Oh, yeah, if Sarah's there, she outlives all of us. Yeah, yeah. we're all She's a hard woman. <laughs> we're all dead. I've seen her break her finger and go, hey, I broke my finger. <laughs> and that was the extent of her reaction. She... Also so quiet. Oh, yeah. The stealth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was her, her equivalent of a shout. Yeah. Yeah, she's <laughs> sneaky and hard. So her her fusro is rather subdued. <laughs> yeah, no less effective. Though. No less effective. Yeah, yeah still uh, blow somebody uh, in all right. across the uh, We all remember Frank Cooper from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, David. Your thoughts? Uh, well, um, as far as who would last, who would be eaten, and who would live. Um, sorry, Aaron, you're going to be the first one to be eaten because <laughs> the the assorted run off into whatever uh, after Aaron dies. We're eventually going to have. That's assuming to you find him. <laughs> assuming yes. Um, as far as there who... could be a computer. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I can hack it. There could be a computer in that thing. You know what? An abacus is technically a computer. All right. <laughs> can you hack with it? See those yellow glowing <laughs> lights surprised. that look like uh, 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 the eyes of some predatory creature? They're the power buttons of a computer. Uh, anyway, and not sorry. necessarily eaten by us, yeah, but yeah. eaten. All right. They're all. Yeah, but he would find the Godzilla for us, which would be All wonderful. Right. Um, as far as who would last the longest, um, 
I would probably be the second or third to die, so I don't know which one of you guys would be the last one standing, just because of that. Um, I know my own health concerns would catch up right about the time that I stopped being resourceful. <laughs> okay, so if we take these leaves and twist them like this, we can make a lean-to and, oh, sugar, thud. Yeah. Uh, origami has some practicality, but not, not that much. <laughs> I will have you know, I can find a tactical use for origami practically anywhere. I know, but until the sugar, yeah. yeah. Uh, until should, the sugar. You can't, uh, origami you can't fold insulin, yeah. <laughs> you can't fold insulin. Uh, so yes. you'd be the one to make it off the island. Um, that depends. Um, if uh, Caleb wakes up enough after he runs out of caffeine, he will death trap his way uh, to the helicopter. Um, everybody else will somehow end up skewered by something or other. Yeah. Or Ross will somehow manage to manipulate his way out. <laughs> no, seriously, I got like 12 hours without an energy drink, and then I'm down. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, I didn't Unless there happen to be Coca Leaks, in which case. Uh, so, Aaron, your thoughts? Uh, well, starting off, you know, I am going to disappear into the woods because uh, yeah, I am going to fly plot on it's my own. It's either you or all of us. <laughs> so I'm going to fly plot on my own, but I will be returning yeah. at least about two days later with some other device that is powered solely by coconuts and bamboo. All right. So you're going to be the professor from... But see, no, the, the, the point right now is that, or, or this is the other thing that's going to happen, I'm going to get frustrated, set it fire, which sets the entire small ecosystem on fire well, around me. You do me. like to start fire. Right <laughs> he does. He, does. he really is. And, then we, and all, then we all starve to death if we don't it's burn into the fire. Like it's or, it, or it does awaken, it does piss off the two small women that control Mothra, and we all die from that. So <laughs> Yeah, no, our odds are not good. Yeah. <laughs> there is the bright Sarah, side about the place. In, in any way, I, I initiate the, the end game. That's, all. that's what I'm here that's for. That's the signal right. that lets Fair everybody enough. know where we are. And if somebody has to survive, <laughs> it's Caleb by piling all piling our corpses on top of him and hoping that Mothra doesn't notice him. <laughs> yes, hide under the bodies. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, Clancy Cunningham asks, why does Aaron wander off alone? Now, Tom and Jason, we've expounded on a series about this, but why don't we all go around, then we can end with Aaron's yeah, explanation, as it were. So, Caleb? I can't even. <laughs> you, I mean, you literally I'm, can't even. I, yeah, like, I know somebody wants to hear a thing, but I got nothing. <laughs> I just, I've, I've, it's as baffling to you as the rules for climbing in rifts. <laughs> More so. <laughs> like, like I, it's not so Something I haven't thought about because I have. <laughs> I've thought about it. I've planned for it in multiple games I've run. I'm like, all right, he's gonna run off by himself. So, what can I do to make the story interesting but not just kill him instantly? And but I, I got nothing. All right, that's a, that's an honest answer. Yeah, okay. Bill. Aaron is on an eternal multi-game, multi-genre quest to be the guy. <laughs> I want to be that guy. So, all right, uh, David. Uh, perpetually trying for the Jenkins achievement. Leroying his way. Uh, Leroy Jenkins. He's going for. Oh, if this was unknown armies, he would go, be going for the avatar of Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> the avatar of Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. There can be only one. Yeah. I would like to change my answer. Yeah. He is unsuccessfully channeling Shinji Akari and actually does run away. Oh, that's a love. That. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, Jeez. Be a so, fight. Aaron. Aaron, what what is your answer? Uh, 
It seems interesting. Alright. No idea at the time. But that that it's is like my... some Japanese Zen shit right there. <laughs> yeah. It's like it seems interesting. You, maybe no. it's performance art. <laughs> no, it's like it's that, that that one that was my comedy. A life lived well, running away. Yeah, this is my comedy. Well, or torn. I will say no. That was obviously the comedy option. But always alone. You know, to be completely honest, if about this. I usually I will look for a hook like I'll bring the example of Hex Hollow which we yeah. just did. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who has not read this beforehand. Listen to it. Um, I do think about what that character will do in the meantime and kind of the hooks that are given. Like you, I think. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna run out. I'm gonna run after this guy. Hopefully my roles will not be as crappy as they normally have been. Which, they will be. As well, but as it, which prove, uh, unfortunately I proved myself more wrong about that than on most times than others uh but i just i will follow a tangent and if i think if it's good i will try to go for it till the very bitter end which it sometimes ends up like that oh, well, so, yeah. so uh that's your answer i'm just role-playing in the manner that i see fit i'm gonna blame hex hollow on ross because <laughs> he's encouraged that behavior in the past so he's an uh, enabler first episode of tries to tokyo the vampire. <laughs> the literal, honest to God, saw him rip a man in half vampire, Climb armed with wall. guns, and move super climbs up a wall. We're all like, yeah, fuck that. Aaron's like... <laughs> <laughs> Barreling towards it, completely unarmed. No, he had a stun gun. I had a stun gun. Not that first time. <laughs> to the point, for that. to yeah. the point where Ross had to have the character just shoot him in the leg and be like, dude, seriously. Just... <laughs> <laughs> You really don't want to chase me. Like, just full-blown GM puppetry. Just like, seriously, stop. Yeah, I like the vampire to understand. This is, this is just sad. And even I'm not this cruel. And then he vampires away. I think you encouraged that behavior. I think he expected that to happen. I, I, I literally, it was a, for X Hollow, I was like, I, I don't care because there are six players. <laughs> You know, yeah, the the, the numbers weren't on your side. Yeah, it, no, that it, just it didn't on, think so. But you so, you encouraged a bad. So game? short end. I didn't encourage it. <laughs> How can I? You get a nice, well, quiet human moment with the villain yeah. scene if yeah. you chase after them completely unarmed yeah. after they've been firing guns. Well, <laughs> yeah. So note to self: if I ever well, get a chance to run a game, yeah, if you start to I run off to bear trap, <laughs> yeah, well. Or Foxtrot. But if you but going into it, internet, if you want to go long answer, I'm trying to role play in the most interesting way I can see how. Short answer, that looks shiny, I'm gonna to walk towards it. <laughs> so there's, there's the truth. There you go. <laughs> My short attention span gives you results, apparently. Um one uh, another question uh, that Ethan Cordray uh, asks is uh, when you're GMing a game and how do you think the knowledge that you're recording affects the decision you make both in scenario design and at the table avoiding for example avoiding uh, written handouts running combat cinematically rather than tactically doing character creation away from the table uh, I mean I always do I don't really record character creation uh, I will describe Except handouts when it's funny yeah. Well, yeah, very rarely. I think we did the Palladium. Yeah, that's Character not Palladium. a bad example. Yeah, yeah that's. <laughs> well, it was worth it just to hear yeah. the sound of the Caleb here pulling. Yeah, exactly. and that did have a very distinctive sound. Uh, just, just FYI. But other than that, I mean, I've literally been re- re- running recorded games so long. I don't know how. I, I can't distinguish. Like, it's all the same to me at this point. I'm, I'm jaded. But. Uh, Tom, or uh, Caleb, Bill, any thoughts? Because you guys have run game. Or Tom, yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, the lever in the ice, I guess it's not. It wasn't really controversy. 
but the discussion over it, like, you know, the mature there, yeah, there are some sexual themes in it. And yeah. while I don't feel like I did anything wrong by any means, cause I don't feel like anything in there was like positive for, yeah. uh, those topics. Like they were horrific because they are horrific. Yeah. Uh, but I should have trigger warning that. And I, so I think I have, and I, I completely understand that now. Uh, so I think that's maybe something I've learned about running yeah. a recorded game that, well, like... Yeah, to keep your audience on. Yeah, your audience isn't your audience at the table. Yeah. It's but, yeah, it's going to be point. wider than that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I haven't found it to really add meaningfully to the, like, hopeless pile of anxiety <laughs> I uh, experience when preparing to run a game anyway. So I, yeah. that's not exactly a helpful answer, but yeah. Yeah, I don't worry anymore because I don't think that would be possible. All right. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, my I had a I had the assumption that like if I knew I was running a game that's being recorded when I when we first started doing it that I would like okay I can't run a really raw thing I got to have a lot of polish on it before I even, I'm comfortable letting other people hear it. Yeah. And afterwards, like, actually, I, was like, oh, I have no idea how you got that impression. Like, well, I, it's at first. I didn't know. I yeah. never. I never recorded a game yeah. that I ran. I'm a million times less now. I guess that's one thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's because it's recorded or I've just run more. But like, yeah. from the days of Andrew's Fortune, which is like ten pages, a scenario longer than the book for the system it is <laughs> run in, uh, with my two Dungeon World, which is like, uh I got a six pack. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I have, yeah, a lot less anxiety. Well, also, yeah, like the the, the uh, worry I had at first basically was sound and thunder signifying nothing. Yeah. And we're like, nope, nothing's changed. Not a thing. So. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron, you grind games. Uh, it, well, I would say that uh, haunting definitely changed things. So, uh, since that was the <laughs> the day the music well, died, well, the day the Fire Nation. Well, to, yeah, the day. Thank you. Actually, that's a good that's a good example of that. Uh, but to bring up that example of, we'll say, recorded versus in person or just for yeah. a group, uh, because I would say, yeah, running for you guys was stress inducing enough outside of that because. Because you guys, I know you, we know each other's mannerisms, what we're yeah. going to play in there, and then having to transfer that to the first play of Divine Fire, which you guys kickstarted through because of that whole haunting yeah, scenario, yeah. and then seeing, and then going up in front of people and like, oh God, <laughs> these are the random strangers who are, I'm, I'm going to try to entertain. This is going to be a little bit even more strainful. And then, uh, then uh, taking that into the recorded area where, again, you have the invisible audience who you're hoping... Are you're making happy by this? So, uh, it's I would say it's oh, reduced my strain. The stress of that has gone less and less with each game that I've done, uh, and then realizing that the materials that I do, I'm going, I'm kind of like Caleb that anything I prepare, I'm just like writing down constant notes of things I want to do or not want to do into it and polishing it as much as possible. But yeah. other than that, no, it's it's kind of gone down. Well, that's one thing about invisible audience is like you can run the haunting. And you could think, man, I'm the worst GM ever. And then you can listen, have everybody on the internet listen, and be like, no, your players are just assholes. <laughs> Stop playing with them. They're assholes. And that, that's closer to the truth yeah. of that scenario. That is truth, but... Yeah, we were, but we were, you, you were the real monster. <laughs> that is the truth, but you guys have all been in the situation where you're facing screen forward on the mic, yeah. and you realize, oh, God, I'm in charge of everything here. 
and trying to make that up. It's an illusion. (laughs) The illusion of control. But you're at least providing the baseline for everybody to play in the sandbox. Just get ready to tap dance on that landslide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, kind of a follow-up question, Uh, but for David, we'll have David answer first. Uh, At what moment... uh, Let's see. Actually, sorry. Uh, does role playing uh, affect? Does being recorded for APs affect how you role play your character? Uh, so, David, I mean, certainly, yeah, for, for Bryce Springs, and certainly for No Evil, as soon you quoth quoth entered in late into the campaign, uh, did being recorded affect how you played your character? Like, um, did, did, once you bit. saw that microphone on there, I mean, Caleb talked a little bit about that, but um, more than a little, a um, lot of it actually. Yeah. Um, Anytime that I'm going to be recorded, I'm acutely aware of all of my own verbal tics. My ums, my ahs, my ohs. And then on top of that, I also know that if I'm going to be recorded, I can't exactly do anything little. Um, I have to play it to the hilt. Every single bit of the character, I have to just put into every little thing. Uh, Which is why I've got that tendency to go for the large ham and chew as much of the scenery as I possibly can. I also know that if I'm going to be playing with certain people that I'm going to have to get as big of a bite of that scenery early on because if I don't, there won't be any scenery left. Yeah, I can. So there's a reason I rarely ever get to roleplay the quiet ones because uh, there's a a microphone. We can't be quiet on a mic. That's an interesting perspective, isn't it? All right. Uh, anyone want to answer that next? Role playing, how, how recording affects the world? Uh, I don't really, I honestly don't think it really affected the way I role played much because I, once coming into the group, I saw where I was integrated into best and kind of ran with those characters as much as possible. Let's so. be honest, Aaron. Every game has things to run off after where nobody else is going to be, <laughs> whether or not it's being recorded. It, it, it's the dark side of the scenario that nobody dares to see. So, uh, but yeah, I would. I just kind of look. I don't think it's really changed much of my perspective of how I play with everybody else. Right. So, uh, Tom, any thoughts? On recording, <laughs> I, 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 already, I already answered for recording. How uh, role playing affects your recording, or like how recording wait, 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 affects your role playing? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, uh, I, it's no, I, nothing's really changed with playing. Okay. If, if, since recording or not, I still, I, you know, I, not think, not think my play style changes at all if I'm not being recorded. All right, fair. Uh, Bill, Caleb, any else? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's no control for me, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I I've always been recorded when playing, but. Yeah, um, that's kind of for me too. Like. But I, I mean, I used to talk like every single day all day as a part of my job and so I got like a Facebook message one time from a fan who was critiquing my public speaking during yeah. like, the Game Desires Workshop podcast like when I say ums and, and things yeah. like that and like while I speak publicly all the time it, I, teaching high school it is a quantity <laughs> over, quality. over quality scenario like you want to be good enough but then you have to be good enough for seven hours, for five days with an actively hostile audience. So yeah, yeah, it's I, a little like Gen Con. 
Yeah, so I just never no, even. Gen Con's a lot nice, like <laughs> much oh, nicer. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just never even really considered it. I'm just like, yeah. I, mean, I, I know there have been reviews that I've, I've seen on iTunes that have been critical of our yeah, my speech takes the ahs and the ums and I kind of. It's like yeah. Uh, it's like, and uh, I, I know one of my professors actually mentioned things like that as being a phrase, sort of one of those carryover phrases or the one of those filler phrases and so I am aware of those and I try to work on that but it's it's hard to it's you know work of progress I can't like I don't have polished scripts for you know this stuff and I don't rehearse it like a voiceover actor it's not a radio play I know I've been doing radio plays all this time radio plays are work yeah like I'm sure I could get better at that stuff if I tried but from my background like having the worst speech impediment you could possibly have for the majority of my life and like years of speech therapy and I'm just done considering how I talk like yeah I don't talk like this all the time so Past that, I'm good. Like, <laughs> and I say at this point, if you're listening to our VPR, you, you're, you, you're used to that. Yeah. You, well, you've integrated. You're done. As well as getting new listeners. Yeah. How you guys doing? Uh, we're gonna need to replace. But yeah, come on. If we didn't do that, it wouldn't be Ohio. real. <laughs> uh, one thing I would like to. Uh, I can't find the exact question, but there is one where. Uh, what are three games you would like to play uh, that we haven't had a chance to try out? Or are there any games that you would like to try out uh, that we have not had a chance to run on the podcast? Uh, I know I have three just to start off. One would be Kuro, uh, which is a Japanese cyberpunk horror game uh, that I got last year. and I'm right. crazy. Yeah. But I really want to play it. Yeah, I really want to try it out too. Uh, next is Hackmaster, uh, the new edition. Because uh, it's a beautiful looking book, and apparently they take the old school stuff, but they have simplified game mechanics despite the density of the books. Yeah, that's, that doesn't look simplified. Yeah, no. But a lot of that's setting material, and a lot of that's like spell lists and stuff like that. But the combat's supposed to be pretty good, and I really want to try one or at least one or two scenarios. Uh, and what's another one? Uh, there, are, there are a couple. Uh, I know there's a couple of indie games, Hollow Point and Durance, and. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting others, but those those are the laundry. Because uh, now, at this point, enough of us have read the novels that I think yeah. I could run a good uh, laundry. And there's some good scenarios that are out for it. So those are three off the top of my head that I would like to try. Uh, not ca- uh, Yeah, I'm sure there's like World of Darkness games. So any, any other games that you guys would like to see? Uh, Tom, I know you've mentioned Werewolf the Forsaken. Yeah, I'd like to do that one. Accursed, I'm going to do that one. I just... You need to get more familiar. Well, I mean, it's Savage World, so you could, I mean, run that any time. No, no, it's more not getting. It's getting used to the set, the world setting of Accursed. Oh, not even the game mechanics. No, the game mechanics I got down pretty well. Okay, but I'd like I, if I was gonna if I'm gonna run Accursed, I I want to run Accursed in right. that world. Yeah, no, clearly, uh, I'm interested in it too. The whole Victorian anti monster anti hero thing uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, just and the little them, bits I read from it, like the, the mummies use their tomb, their yeah. their tombs as armor. You know, I'm sure Rossi like, like cause one of them is an actual sentient zombie. Yeah, no, well, and they have to eat human flesh. I don't know why you're such a zombie? It's yeah, I don't. It's, it's Cray, Ross. It's, it's totally Cray. Cray. Uh, so, anybody else? Any other games you'd like to try out? For Dresden Files. Dresden, Dresden Files. Now the thing. All right, so the listeners, uh, if you haven't checked our forums a while ago, one of our off and on players, uh, Dan, a fuzzy Dan on the forums, uh, to the rest of you. Yeah, he. Uh, was in the New World campaign as the warlock and uh, has been in some 
on and off games. He ran the Star Wars <laughs> one, one, roll <laughs> uh, one roll engine games that were posted last year. Uh, he posted a pitch for a Dresden Files campaign that would make me want to like play Dresden, even though I haven't read the novels yet. I'm broadly familiar with Horrible the concept. Monster. Yeah, I am. I haven't read but it's like it's it. set yeah, in Springfield. And it's like Dresden Files with an Archer style theme to it and it's like it sounded it just his write-up was amazing i'd love to play that uh you know operation Oblast. yeah i don't want to run dresden files i want to play that campaign like yeah. if i ran dresden files i would just play your eyes and run dance campaign yeah so, well because like, it's just such a good idea five years from now when he has time to run it it'll be fresh for all of us <laughs> so yeah the reboot. Uh, so yeah, Dresden Files is yeah. a big one. This is going to be kind of weird, but uh, it's actually, well, this will date the podcast, but it's the current bundle of holding uh, I've been chasing after for a while is Deadlands. And once oh, I've had yeah. time to read a bit of it. Um, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Western Horror, Weird West. Weird yeah. West, yeah. I've read some of the books. Yeah, Weird, depending on what edition, yeah, Deadlands would be certainly cool. Yeah. I'd love to I'd love to try it. I'd love to play It's one of those games I'd love to play. I just mm-hmm. don't want to run. You know, there's a lot of games like that. Like, Shadowrun's kind of on the border. Like, I, I'm not sure if I want to run it or if I just want to play it. Like, I, I would like... I'd like to play Shadowrun. I don't think I'd like to run it. The thing is, there's the new edition that's out. The newest edition is still, like, 50 or 60 bucks. So, I'll probably when that drops down in price, I might inflict it on you guys. So, at least for a one-shot. Shadowrun. Can we mention games that don't exist yet? Because I really want to play the new version of Delta Green. Like, yeah, I have a campaign idea laid out <laughs> like ready to go if they send me a word document I will like, uh, talk to Glancy and make him feel guilty about it I am interested in your ideas and wish to subscribe to your newsletter <laughs> yeah I really want to play the new version of Delta Green the yeah. other one I would throw out there is um, although Dungeon World is certainly a hoot some other Apocalypse Engine game mm. just to see what it looks like from a different uh, angle is like it Monster of the Week Monster of the Week yes. Monster of the Week yeah uh, even Flat out apocalypse world. I do have a apocalypse yeah. world. Mm-hmm. I picked a copy. I've of actually Paxi's. I played that in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some more apocalypse world engine games would be really killer. Uh, but yeah, anything. Uh, particularly uh, something I got from Archery a while ago when I was running games with them. Uh, Godlike, their World War II oh, yeah. superhero powers game. Uh, particularly because I love the fact that uh, all of the abilities have massive downsides to it, or the political structures because I like the fact that the Soviets have the biggest cache of superheroes but they're all insane because they're they're superhumans or they're metahumans because their training program is basically driving them nuts all the time so uh, and just the setting itself one of the things I like like if I was playing godlike and I made my own character I'd probably give him like a shitty useless power because even if you have a shitty useless power you can like cancel out other powers by spinning willpower so that'd be like I'd max out my willpower like no you're not super strong now (laughs) screw you Uh, the ability to speak to squirrels prevented it yeah exactly actually so so you can play squirrel girl in I'll be squirrel guy yeah (laughs) Uh, I'll be yeah a squirrel girl go my furry minions go uh, David, any in particular, uh, um, like I'm a white wolf? I have to answer all of the above. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love games. Love the period. Game. Yeah. And just any game that I get a chance to play, I love it. Right. Um, if it's new, I want to see what the newness is. I want to see how I can apply older knowledge against it. But everything that's been mentioned so far sounds like something I, I want in on that campaign. 
Okay. Oh, Unknown Armies. That's oh, yeah. yeah. Also I'm so one. sad after I have read that that I've never played yeah. that. Oh, and that's I, I, one of those games that I'm. I'm it's it. That they're actually. I uh, when I talked to Shane and Greg uh, after we recorded, they mentioned like, yeah, we're working on the whole like this is a brilliant game. I don't I have no idea what to do with it. Problem, <laughs> which is the core problem with Unknown yeah. Armies. It's like holy shit, this is awesome. What the fuck can I do with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless or, I get everybody to read Tim Power novels for you know yeah. six months. Yeah. I like, I like uh, a game I would not like to run, but would love to try and play in is Continuum. I would like to. Oh, I, yeah. I would like to know what a Continuum game is shaped like, yeah. so I could have some I'll sort of model on how to do it, it myself. You're gonna be the th- okay because it's so, so bananas crazy. Shaped like the smell of purple. Well, the problem is, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I have to say I'm the only candidate because. Thad is not here right now, and we're the two time no, travel guys. No, so. You don't understand, Aaron. Caleb and Thad have both borrowed the book, read it, and said, "No, I'm done. I can't." No, do cover it. to cover. Yeah. I'm just like, I'll yeah. Well, that was a right. thing. Third time's a charm. <laughs> we'll see. I'll first. take the book and see All if right. I can we'll absorb it. Actually, I like. I'd very like to run the new Star Wars game that came out. Edge of Empire. I bought that. Okay. I, I, I much prefer the system in that, even though it requires special dice. <laughs> Special dice. Well, it's own particular kind of die, but requires. But it's not level. But it's no, it requires special dice. But the game, game, but the the game's not level based, and that's what I really like. Yeah. Uh, and I would say just as the joke, uh, the joke option. Since I said it so many years ago, and I still kind of want to play it, Hobo Mancer. If the oh, old, yeah, because that's in a game that actually exists. And that actually exists. Uh, or I could just get a. I, if I can't actually find it, I'll just get the new mage and make it hobos. You're all hobos. Uh, oh, Fatal. Yeah. How could we forget Fatal? Uh, yeah, no, pretty easily. Cinnabar, we could... Cinnabar is going to be our comedy answer, not Fatal. Refreshing memories, that's how we... Fatal, the Fatals were all going to prison option, apparently. The what? Oh, no. Oh, wow. What? You don't know. Oh, wow. We'll tell you when you're older. It's horrible. It's based on some Yaoi-style novels with vampires. Oh, enemy genitalia. Okay, good. Yeah. We're uh, moving uh, on. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just get some other uh, quick answers yeah, you can answer. Um, let's see here. <laughs> After playing through Heroes in Arcadia, what are your group's lingering impressions of all talents as the system? What did you like, what you didn't like? Uh, I mean, I liked it overall, as I mentioned. Uh, it doesn't scale up at 500 point characters, but that's like superhero games in general. Uh, super uh, cosmic character. It kind of gets weird and wonky at that point. But that's... I don't think that's Wild Town's far. There's street level and even global level games. I think it was great. Uh, It was about the best superhero game I've seen so far. So that's why I stuck with it so long, I think. Yeah, because I... uh, Well, uh, two of the things I really liked about it. One, just the variety in which you could actually create your powers. Because the only previous experience I had personally had was uh, really with Mutants and Masterminds. Which was good up to a point, but the system itself was very exploitable and you could uh, and also had still was pretty rigid about its power creation yeah. and what you could put into it. So Yeah. Um, uh, any other thoughts? Uh, my only complaint about Wild Talents is like certain aspects and the powers need like variable effect just needs to be rewritten from a pro's perspective. Like, yeah. Because it is so difficult to understand mechanically what that yeah. is going for, and there's so many different ways to misunderstand it and still make it work within the character, but then break the game. Yeah. That uh, it's not all about your character for that one game build. So no, I, no. I was, I was uh, say, no. Very, it's variable effects. Not the only thing. Like area needs to be rewritten, yeah. and like uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like certain powers are like 
not broken, but they don't explain yeah. what those do particularly well. Otherwise, I think, yeah, it's clearly the best superhero. Yeah. I, think I, I think I still prefer mutants and masterminds, but I definitely, I like that, Wild that, that has more to do with, like, love affair levels. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. No. Dude, I've never run it. Yeah. yeah, you have. Well, You've run it before. Oh, yeah, we did. I, no, I, I'm Not sorry. I, it, was, it was meant to be slightly complimentary. Yeah. Just your affection for mutants yeah. and masterminds is a thing of wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only commentary for that would be a bit more metatextual. Mm. Be very cautious of going into a game where you have a loose grip of the tropes of the genre <laughs> when most of the rest of the table is experts at the yeah. tropes of that genre. Uh, street the, level. The, Fucking street level. The conflagration you perish in will be mighty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we had many, yeah, we had many, yeah, the, the definition of street level, uh, let's not, yeah. No, 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 no. It yeah. happened. It happened. We, but we got over it. And yeah. It was fine. It was great. Blame it on the robots. Uh, That's the conflict. <laughs> uh, clearly. And air conditioners. Clearly. Yes. Clearly. Uh, is there any chance uh, Caleb would run a Wild Talents or Base Raiders campaign? I want to hear Ross playing his own world. Smiley face. This is from Clave on the forums, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I I I can run that. <laughs> that was enthusiastic. Well, I don't like how many how many games how many like games of your own game do you want to run after oh, writing God. all? I don't care. I, pages I still I'm still writing new base raiders material. I'm fine with this. That's not like I'm asking not a fly. Out. How much more shit do you want to? Wow. Is this going to be for us? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking. No, about- I would I would like to play it. It's just my only reservations that I've never. Never run fate before. Like yeah. it, it would be alert. I would be butchering your game for my requisite twelve to fifteen sessions. I feel like I'm butchering <laughs> until I finally <laughs> learn the rules based on angry comments yeah. on APs. And not only Has that, that stopped us ever before. <laughs> no, you got that <laughs> shotgun thing wrong. Do you remember? Yes. No, but it makes I remember the shotgun. It makes us hit a screen for at least. Five to ten minutes going, aww. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'd be happy to run that. Uh, cool. Are there any members of the X-Human faction Firewall? I believe there are. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's, that, it's that guy who wants to play the fish head. And he's obviously going to go insane and betray everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drew's character. <laughs> uh, Drew is the X-Human <laughs> member of Firewall. <laughs> are your player most to catch? Uh, what are Ross's future plans for Base Raiders? Uh, I'm planning to release more PDF supplements. Uh, also, I'm having getting some new authors to create bases that will be uh, PDFs and print-on-demand books. Uh, so we'll be having base, small Kickstarters for those. Uh, and also, he is actually going to play in one of those games. Yeah, uh, apparently now. Yeah. You heard him. Yeah. Uh, doesn't the magical underground and base? Another question. Uh, doesn't the magical underground and base raiders logically lead to a conflict? And humanity loses any sense of agency or control of in or of the universe. So that was sort of one of the conflicts of the setting. Like, do non-human beings will they take over and make human slaves or kill them all? Well, that is sort of the con- the point of the game is like to try and reconcile the differences between magical beings and other non-humans with humans. That's why you're the heroes are necessary to do that. So, uh, hearts and minds. Hearts yeah. and minds. Exactly. When they take over and humanity is slaves, that's the gritty splat book. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's um, <laughs> Spark- the, the Reign of Sparkles. Uh, yeah, the Reign of Sparkles, the unicorn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the which you rebelled from the, the dystopian unicorn oh, yeah. for society. Eloy, thank you. Uh, 
So, let's see here. Will there be any monsters and other childish things, games in the future? Perhaps a campaign. Yeah, yes. we just recorded one based on Rick and Morty, which was <laughs> a fun one shot. Hilarious. Uh, it was a special game, you will see. Uh, we, all know, we all know the uh, Leading in the next one, there, was there a Godzilla Ness scenario being developed? Play? Godzilla Ness is a creepypasta that I mentioned I liked and I wanted to base it on. So I've come up with a hook for it uh, where you would just be, you'd be playing kids and be using the weird kid powers rules from uh, Big or Bad, yes. so you wouldn't have a monster. But the idea is that you start playing these weird video games and you gain, get powers based off of them. But I'm also going to incorporate stuff from, like, the... Uh, I recently read this article on Polygon talking about Steam trading and the, like, scamming and oh, car trading yeah. and, like, stuff like that. Using Steam hats to launder money. Yes, exactly. And stuff like that. So, like, the seedy underworld of digital collectibles uh, and uh, creepy-ass games. So... Uh, this is from Beast uh, from the forums. Uh, I think he's German. Uh, what games are you sad that you didn't manage to record it? Uh, episode, we see episode one of uh, New World, which World. I deleted because I'm a monster. Because uh, <laughs> I explained the story and the history in the previous segment. Uh, well, the first thirty minutes of yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better Angels, the cursed campaign. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually had to have a little. <laughs> yeah, we had to re-record like Gail explaining what we missed in that part. God, <laughs> we recovered well. Yeah, we did. We we made it through. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. In that tone of voice. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was a hard game to like between scheduling conflicts and all sorts of stuff. We got it done. Yeah. yeah. Our final thoughts about Twilight Imperium when we played that. Holy shit. <laughs> Burn everything to the ground. I don't know. I'm still looking at it going, challenge accepted. Ooh. Round two is coming. <laughs> you yeah. Dan on you, yeah. You go yeah. nuts, buddy. You and Dan can like... Shine on, you crazy I, I see this. I see this future 20 years from now, or maybe 10 years, because I don't know if Dan will last that long. Keep seeing those double downs. But, um... <laughs> Dan and David just in a basement somewhere, like every every Sunday they come down there and play for like six hours. Like they're like you We're know. on turn seven. Yes. <laughs> it's just they leave it there and it there yeah, yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh are any white whales of a system or scenario out there that you have to play or never got right? Uh I, so, yes. Uh, I, I want to get into epic level D&D or Pathfinder or mm. just an epic level fantasy game. I would be happy to get into a long running fantasy game that got beyond, I don't know, what level was it? Level 7? Yeah. That's a, that's one of the main reasons why we did the New World campaign because I wanted to go all the way to epic and yeah. Uh, yeah. We kind of, yeah, I did that. And yeah, I guess... Uh, you haven't I mean, done that. It's not, if, you haven't done, if you don't have that notch on your belt, I understand, totally understand that. We did Fortunes of War... But, I mean, there was, like, no magic in the system or anything right. like that. So, yeah, I guess that's, like, part of my gamer chops. I'm never going to... Yeah. I would like to do that, but I would like to not do it in D20. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I wouldn't like to do that. <laughs> we could do it in something like that in Rain, uh, or even using a superhero system. Like, you could do that in Wild Talents, actually. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. but... Yeah, or will there be dragons to slay? Possibly inside of a we dungeon? Fought Merlin. We fought <laughs> yes, Merlin in yeah. the very last thing of Yeah, we kind of went so, there, yeah. yeah. But David wasn't there for that. Um, any others? Any of a particular type of game? Or uh, the White Whale, something? Um, I really wish I could run a like epic level 
uh, nice black agent campaign. Yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, if you try it, I'm down. Yeah. yeah. And just you. And so, no, me. you. Yeah, and I can me. be a two person. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I, I like nice black yeah. agents. I'm yeah. okay with I have the conspiracy. It's yeah. enormous. Yeah. And would take years to run. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because uh, we've done that and we never quite. Pulled it off. Yeah, it yeah. just kind of false starts it's, on those. It's, so. yeah. It was it was a good first thing, but then somebody disappeared back to the navy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was Chris. Yeah, and and that was kind of out there to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a yeah, that would be a good one to get done. Um, yeah. I know I would like to get like some sort of. I, I mean, I would like some high level kind of stuff too, like. Maybe necessary. One thing I would always like to try is some sort of role playing game mixing in like personal level stuff with mass combat, like organizational stuff. So like restarting that Fallout campaign, I, I that two shot game I did, yeah. uh, into an actual campaign or a fantasy or something like that, where you like are a person but you have control the fate of nations and stuff like that. So birthright, you uh, birthright. but good. Uh, <laughs> so and maybe Fallout themed or Eclipse phase or well, something. Well, I, I, I totally want to go back to that Fallout game. Yeah, that the was... Fallout, like, because I actually spent the time to read the mass combat rules for GURPS and actually figured it out, and that's not easy to do. That's like, GURPS rules are not, like, casually read, especially shit like that. So, I would like to revisit that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, another question. Uh, do you listen to actual plays or podcasts uh, yourself? Uh, we do. I have, like, that was one of the reasons why, I, got, I mean, I mentioned this in the history, it's like, I actually did listen to a bunch of uh, actual play podcasts from RPGMP3.com and Yogsothoth, uh, and that got me the idea of, like, hey, this could be good stuff for the podcast, easy to record and do. Uh, but I haven't lately, because I haven't had um, the the commuting or the, the, the sort of right, I'm not doing the right kind of thing for long podcasts. Like, I listen to Night Vale, because that's half an hour, and that's, like... Yep. A commute That's to the ideal. office and back. Yeah, uh, if I was if I had a longer commute or if I was doing a road trip by myself, I'd be listening to some actual plays because uh, I know when there's oh, like several of us driving together, like I don't think we all want to listen to the actual three hour podcast. Uh, but anyways, uh, you guys. Uh, very rarely, because uh, I know you mentioned some of the soft stuff that I, I pointed out when I was writing some of my stuff. Yeah. Um, but more or less not, and although I'm guilty of not listening to anything that we record either. Cause, oh, I, I mean, I, I do sometimes, uh, like, uh, not the entire thing, but I'll listen to parts. So, I'll listen to good bits, like, I'll skip around, like, ah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, or uh, the other, I know the other big... We got some fucking art yugs for sale! Like, I've listened to that several <laughs> times. Yeah, uh, yeah the sad thing is for gaming stuff, the one that I got hooked onto, I think you and Tom pointed out was how did it get made with the uh, move that's uh, like the movies oh yeah how did it get made is a yeah. hilarious podcast and, that was... and that's pretty easy to digest in well, a couple mm-hmm. short trips there's been one actual play I've listened to yeah several times and that was Glancy's run of Divine Fire at PAX oh yeah that was because uh, it's when you have like I didn't listen to the whole like, thing when I listened have, to when Big Chunk Glancy yeah. running a version of your Call of Cthulhu campaign I must listen to this oh yeah no. I must learn I all I... details I have listened to some parts from the Drunken Ugly's Road Trip campaign, but they've, like, it's a hundred episodes of, like, Road Trip. It's They've run more Road Trip than I, the author, have ever run. <laughs> and I applaud them. Congratulations, you guys rock. Thank you so much. But, like, Students holy shit. Come to last. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, uh, so, Bill, any, any, uh... Oh, man. Um... As far as gaming podcasts, I did listen to Fear the Boot for a while, and 
Bear Swarm back when they were, you know, about gaming. Yeah. <laughs> not not so much the wrestling now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moved on from that. Um, APs, I don't know. Like, I occasionally listen to some of ours, usually ones that I'm not in, just to know what's going on and stuff. So I, so I eventually get the jokes in a non-anecdote kind of fashion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, not much beyond that. All right. David? Um, on occasion, I'll tell you the one thing that I most definitely don't do is listen to any of the APs that I'm in because I am my own worst critic. I'll listen to those and go, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. What was I thinking? Punching the dog. And I'll move on. <laughs> the over and over and over, and over. again. But, um, it, it led to a great memorial. But Caleb. It, you designed it. It went from that to, like, it, it goes all the way back around again to being brilliant. Like, you shouldn't beat yourself up for that. That's like, again, the Andy Kaufman performance. It was, yeah, it was like a Will Ferrell comedy. Yeah, and we were just keep doing it until it's funny again. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you entertained yeah. all of us. Yeah. I do listen to, um, like Bill, um, the podcast that I'm not involved in, I just don't do so regularly. Yeah. I, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, when I'm working, I put my earbuds in, yeah. and I'm either listening to music to keep me going, or if I find comedy, I'll just stop. And I, You know what I really want now? Gaming podcast. I got a fever, and the only cure is more Aaron. <laughs> so you've listened to Aaron. Hey, a uh, line that has never been uttered in... <laughs> oh, <laughs> the listeners out there. Don't be so hard. Yeah, they, they, they've come to expect <laughs> high-quality adventures. Uh, so we got some more questions. From Gorka Morka. Um, how, why has RPBR not talked about Akatun Cthulhu? It's World War II and Cthulhu mixed. Seems right up RPBR's alleys. at low-hanging fruit, not Tempe. Uh, to be honest... Uh, haven't got, heard of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of us haven't heard of it. I mean, I've heard of it. But to be fair, like, I I mean, I'm, I don't... I'm interested in World War II as a time period, but it is not... I feel, especially... Maybe it's like the video games like Medal of Honor and all these other... That do, there's just been so... like They think that if you're doing historical, it has to be World War II. I just feel like it's oversaturated a lot of the time. And uh, it's just... to re- uh, reword the question slightly. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I understand that you guys are thinking about... Or there's this uh, game called Octum Cthulhu. Tom... Uh, perhaps you guys might think about running this game, Tom. At some point in time in the future, well, Tom. to be honest, yes, uh, World War II is my wheelhouse, but I a haven't heard of it until it was mentioned, All right. and b I really don't want to learn another system when just using Call of Cthulhu it's, works. I think it's Call of Cthulhu uh, compatible, but it's I. Just using regular Call of Cthulhu for my own stuff works just fine. Dude, we put Call... We took Cthulhu in motherfucking everything. Yeah. Like, like putting Cthulhu everything in World War II fun. only for yeah. a book is like saying we could only swim in the bathtub. Like, <laughs> we put Cthulhu in everything. Like, it's like the Mrs. Yeah. Dash of our... our yeah, like... Oh, little devil do you. you can't have a vampire game without Cthulhu <laughs> just popping in there in, like, the last session. He's everywhere. <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> well, you had, you had it, Caleb, going. You had for, me going. Yeah. For a while. Next time it won't, all right? <laughs> or 
Laura Willick. That's how he fools you. <laughs> that is that is how he does it. Uh, uh, okay. I never made any brand, brand promises. All right. Um, so that answers that. Um, when will RPBR go on the Patreon site? Uh, Patreon. Um, I've actually thought about this, and I probably will set up an, a Patreon uh, for RPPR. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring out what are good rewards. I don't want to. I really appreciate every donation RPPR gets. That helps cost for things like new audio recorders, web hosting. Uh, RPPR actual play alone uses between two oh, and three terabytes of bandwidth a month. And Ross's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, We're switching to crocodile yeah. shortly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a str- I saw that's a weird change from meth to crocodile. Yeah, that's not the best. No, that, it was meant for. Um, I didn't look enough like a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bring it on the necrotizing. I can't be a poser, man. I gotta up my game. So uh, that so when I can think of some good rewards that won't take too much work to actually fulfill, I will probably set that up. Uh, In the meanwhile, have you heard of RPPR Beasts? Yeah, Beasts. Yes. Um, so, uh, a few questions I'd like to ask RPPR members to answer individually, please. Who are your favorite game designers, favorite game settings, favorite fiction writers? Uh, what have they written that I should read? And whoa, what games whoa, whoa, would you whoa. like to play? Okay. So, we'll do one at a time. So, <laughs> so I want to let you all know so you can be thinking about them uh, when you're not answering. So, first off, favorite game designer? Uh, I like Greg Stolze a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think he's very good. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, yeah, Greg Solzy. He's right. out there. I want to say Vincent Baker, but then I don't want to say Vincent. <laughs> All right. Like I want to say Vincent Baker, but I don't want Vincent Baker people to be like, "Only Vincent Baker. He is the way." And so yeah. All right. Hello. Have you yeah. heard of the good news of Vincent Baker? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. He is the apple of game designers. <laughs> um, well, it's a tough choice, but I'm going to have to say Kevin said Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom's out of reach. <laughs> it's a bull movie. Um, bull strategy. Probably pretty much everyone, everyone else is going to say, but I'll also throw in uh, Mike Merles for Iron Heroes. Yeah. That is still... I actually thanked him at PAX East uh, this year. He's like, thank you for Iron Heroes. Oh, we're on away now. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> thank you for remembering something I did nearly a decade ago. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, all right, thanks, all right. Uh, so, all right, very good. Tom? I like uh, Adam Scott Glancy and Steve Jackson. Uh, yeah, Steve Jackson's uh, GURPS is yeah, solid game design. Like you could <laughs> run anything. It's you know the it's Swiss Army knife of gaming. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily the best, but you can get it done. So which I'll be shortly doing. Yeah, uh, David. Well, I, I still worship at the throne of Saint Gary. Um, All right, it's kind of hard not to. A lot Gary. of most of the. A lot of the games that we have today is because he went, hey, I've got an idea. Let's make some extra dice and roll these and see what happens. But, yeah, you got to pay respect to the originals. But all of the modern oh, ones, pretty much everybody yeah. uh, that designs a game, puts it out there. I love you, and I thank you for it, especially the two that are sitting here at this table, Mr. Yeah. Payton, Mr. Stokes. I thank you. <laughs> You realize we don't pay you, right? <laughs> I realize we don't pay you. I never will. Yeah. But I always, always end up in the playtest. Caleb, this yeah. is what friendship is like. Yeah. 
<laughs> you, you interaction. How do you like? How, how's it taste? Deeply uncomfortable at all. Alright. That's why. Wow, I'm surprised none of you have brought up the uh, otherworldly name of Raven McCracken. <laughs> but oh, Raven, shine on you, <laughs> uh, He's legit. I, one of your favorites. Yeah. <laughs> you contributed to both Kickstarter. I only exactly. contributed to the first one. <laughs> Still, yeah. before he was on. No, uh, the one that he set up that was mathematically possible for two to succeed. Yeah. Remember, the first one was 30 grand short. <laughs> if all the people, all limited rewards, you can only, everyone, so just so you understand, he did a Kickstarter to do the new dish of Cinnabar, but he had limited rewards for everything. And if you count it, you multiply it, figure out if all, every, every single, yeah, yeah, for every single reward was filled up, it would raise $25,000, but he set the goal at $55,000. Yeah. So it was impossible. And, and remember, remember, he said that his house burned down, which yeah. meant that the meth lab exploded. Yeah. So oh, man. He's, he's been alive too long to be a meth nah. He's He's... Uh, Seeing his front page, I'm going to say I'm that. Just, but it, yeah. It, it, no, I'll say, yeah, Cinnabar is a thing of wonder to look all, at. Like, but, I'm just glad that they exist in this world. Uh, <laughs> real answer, yeah, any other guys at Arc Dream who've worked with one role, so uh, Shane Ivey, yeah. uh, Glancy, and, everybody, uh, and also everybody else. Uh, Benjamin Ball for uh, Monsters. So, yeah, uh, yeah, because that was that was one system that thoroughly surprised me when I first started working with it, and I still yeah. want to do stuff with it because, like, when I did Nim, it functioned very well for what I was wanting to, and then yeah. uh, Junkyard. So, yeah. that uh, book is just so well written. Yeah, like, it's, it's even so if much you're not going to play the game, it's just fun. To yeah, read. it's yeah, it's a lot. It, I remember it's kind of when I you I got the copy, I'm like, oh. Wow, this is really cool. This is interesting. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, there's so. a reason why I was like, I read this. It's like I could write for. I want to write for this. <laughs> I want to bring this, uh, get more people involved. This, this involves my childlike wonder of yeah. toys and and make cartoons. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's, that's uh, I'm surprised. Kind of surprised they haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Kenneth Hype and Robin Laws for real making me like keeping me humble, making me realize no matter what I do, I'll never be. As far as those guys, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's my main gaming podcast I listen to. Ken and Robert talk about stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, so good. One other I would like to mention is uh, Sandy Peterson. Uh, Sandy Peterson is the main designer be- behind Call of Cthulhu. And he is a uh, still going around making... A relative a newcomer to the field. Yeah. Uh, he's Mormon <laughs> he's with a bunch a- of kids, a bunch of grandkids. Uh, he... he uh, just posts all the time, making new stuff. He worked on Doom and Doom 2 and uh, Age of Empires and a bunch of other video games. And now he's doing Cthulhu Wars. And I got I met him briefly at Gen Con last year. I'm like, yeah, thank you for calling Cthulhu. Because that's probably been the most influential game to me, more so than Dungeons & Dragons, I think. Because I certainly run more Call of Cthulhu than D&D uh, at this point. And it's certainly my go-to pickup game. And yeah, so that would be uh, favorite game design. So, uh, favorite game settings? EP is pretty awesome. Yeah. Cliff Face just yeah, kind of blew yeah. my mind. Like the first 150 pages of that core book, I was just like, well, I don't know what rules are after all this, but I know I'm going to run it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. For me, I was like, I would love to run this. How can I, how can I ever do this? Like, yeah. When I first got it, that first year came out, and I'm like, I'm so glad. We pe- Yeah, I'm glad we, we hacked our way through it with yeah. like pre-gen adventures and adventures where we only use part adventure. of the yeah. rules and you know stuff like that uh yeah ep is definitely because that was kind of a hard sell at first for the group oh yeah yeah no. so that, it took a year between like getting it and actually running well i remember like we were driving back from gen con the year you got the book you're you like telling me about it, i'm like 
And the whole, I think from, from almost Indianapolis to St. Louis, you were telling me about him. Because I, I kept having questions. Well, wait, then what, like, so there's... <laughs> yeah. What? Okay, yeah. I'm interested, but also, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a hot mess of awesomeness, so... Yeah, I, then after St. Louis, you just put headphones on and yeah. left me in the dark for the next three hours. Oh, you, oh. you dealt with it. Uh, <laughs> you were playing your music, so I was like, Ugh, yeah. Not, oh, anyway. Tom's music. Yeah, basically. Uh, Bill, any favorite games that are? Uh, I'll be the fantasy grognard here and uh, say Eberron. Mm. Um, okay. Next to the uh, I will say Planescape Torment. Ah. Or Planescape. I mean, the, yeah, not just the video game, the actual box the sets. Thing on the, yeah. In its own right. Uh, so Planescape is definitely my favorite DD setting. Clearly not Auto Duel. <laughs> That's yeah. a rule set, not a setting. Yeah. There's right. a setting for it too. Yeah. Auto duel. Anyway, uh, David, Aaron, any favorite game setting? Uh, for, actually, for me, just because of how diverse the story and the factions were, uh, Old World of Darkness Mage. I I think that one of the first books I got, I, I was bumming that off of. Uh, Tom. Brave Rebel fighting the man. Yeah, well, yeah, looking at that. But, cyber hacker. With uh, yeah, cyber hacker. Well, no, the thing is, I, I will bring this up. Uh, the quick story, because Tom always joked about this. That he said, you're going to like this because they have magic hackers. And I looked, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I found the Sons of Ether and went, mad scientist magic faction. Hell yes. The one mage uh, campaign I played in, they wouldn't let me be a Sons of Ether. That's bullshit. Because yeah. we know you too well, and we know that the no, first this thing is you would have done is death ray. Yeah. Well, this is someone else. Uh, but in any death case, no, I just... Uh, it, I, I would have. I mean, but out of, out of reading any of the like the old World of Darkness stuff, I absolutely love the diversity between all the factions, how alive that they always send, and that's probably one of the main reasons why I didn't like pick up on the new mage, because I looked at their factions and went like, eh, the system's better, yes, but I would just prefer to run this old one, so. Fair enough, David? Um, the more I think about it, do I have a favorite setting? I'm just going to have to jump on the EP bandwagon. All right. Join us. Yeah, join us. Uh, All right. If it was a and I'd have to go for Forgotten Realms just because there's a little bit more flexibility with which different... It's a perfectly fun setting. I mean, I've run games in... Oh, no, no. It's perfectly Well, Yeah, it's perfectly Crowdland. And it begins the gaming soul. Uh, (laughs) The first campaign I ever ran lasted more than two sessions was in Forgotten Realms that I ever ran. That was back when I was running games at Metagames when I was still on Glenstone. Uh, so oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, anyway uh, who are your favorite fiction writers and what have they written that I should read I've already Tom and I have already answered yeah. uh, I mentioned uh, and Tom mentioned H.P. Lovecraft I mentioned Mark Twain Graham Greene um, uh, yeah Huckleberry Paul Anderson uh, Paul, yeah so anyway uh, fiction writers if we're going that far back anyone holy shit. just uh, fiction writers That's a, I'm not going to be like Check out this Joseph Conrad new company. It's <laughs> new on the scene. Well, Graham Greene's not that old. I mean, like uh, yeah, this. I know. Uh, uh, I'm. I can't do it. It's just I gotta do like lately. Uh, yeah. So like lately, I really like uh, Ben Winters. He does the Last Policeman books. Oh, the uh, which the are like the detective noir stories in the yeah. midst of a very slow apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, which oh, yeah. it's it's. A really cool setting, and he writes very clean, workmanlike prose. Um, 
Yeah, that's I, I mention authors all the time every yeah. time I'm on the podcast. I, that's I, my latest. Another writer recently. I just finished Hard Boiled Wonder, uh, Hard Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World by Haruki uh, Murakami, and uh, that's really good. It's a cyberpunk magical realism uh, detective noir uh, story that is just great and has uh, some game fodder in it. Anyways, uh, Bill. Yeah. Uh, much loved Jim Butcher. Yeah, um, Dresden Files. Must be done. Uh, let's see. Still a big Terry Pratchett fan. Yeah, Just yes. Churning them out. That's probably my big two. I could go on from there. Charles Strauss. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I figured Wonder. you had that covered already. I actually didn't mention I, I didn't I like it. was just the first ones off the top of my head, Aww. so that's all. Yeah. But yeah, Charles Strauss. All right. So. Uh, mine is Pratchett all the way. All right. um, if I am looking for uh, just... Uh, fiction book to immerse myself in Pratchett is my first choice every time yeah it's not as heavy as many of the others mentioned he's kind of a brain candy kind of author um, but you can literally pick up just any of the Discworld books and find yourself reading and then when you put it down several hours have passed and you go where did all that time go why can't I feel my legs mostly because he doesn't put chapter breaks in that bastard (laughs) yeah he doesn't but um, Charles Strauss is also a good one. Um, another one of those I can't feel my legs authors. Yeah, uh, July next novel, next laundry number is coming out in July. So, uh, so uh, big one, especially since I've read a lot of his uh, recent read it. Uh, recent stuff. Uh, Neil Gaiman, just yeah. for sheer creativity, and uh, yeah. out of the recent, I mentioned this to Ross and a couple of other ones, but I finally went back and found a download for all the Sandman and then made my realization why the hell did I not read this in high school? Yeah. Uh, but he was the big one. Uh, actually, one of the big fantasy ones out of at least my youth that I just recently completed was Robert Jordan. I yeah, no, I know a lot of people had issues with him just for hyper-descriptiveness, but, uh, and, but I really did enjoy The Wheel of Time, too. And then on top of that, Brandon Sanderson, because uh, he did a deaf job, I think, of pretty much completing that storyline out. And I've uh, yet to read any of his solo stuff, which I do need to, because I've heard good things about. Yeah, um, I recommend that one too, especially just because of the way he treats his fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sanderson is freaking awesome as a person. Yeah, I missed him at Gen Con, but I uh, yeah. Um, oh, Patrick Rothfuss. Sorry, had to put that in there. Uh, the name of the wind. Oh, okay. Killer Chronicle. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Very good. Uh, and what game would you love to play, or what games would you love to play, but expect that you never will? Diplomacy, because I care about my friends. I don't want to lose them. So uh, do you think I, don't, gonna, I don't buy it. Do you think you would really I don't break buy us? it. I've heard. Okay, it. do we have a fourth? Because Sean totally wants to do that. Oh God! I People guess. talk about it like it's fucking Jumanji or something. <laughs> like honestly, I, I expect to lose friends over games with Mario. I've heard Kart. it from three separate sources. All right, three. <laughs> so like, I just if it was one guy, I just I, like, I wouldn't buy it. But it just keeps happening every time I talk about it. Wow. Okay, Ross. Here's yeah. what we do. Plan C. Yeah. We find us a couple of hobos. No, no. Why do your plans always involve hobos? (laughs) Hobos and prostitutes. All right, so that's my game. The, uh, what's next? Any other games you, you would love to... T- uh, other thing would be Campaign North Africa because I just want to see it. Or just any major scale war game that would take weeks to actually play because like... I don't know. I, I that's an interest to me. But yeah, uh, any other games you guys would love to Paranoia. play? Paranoia. Paranoia. I'd like to get a chance to play Paranoia and just watch the <laughs> Caleb faces at the. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Please uh, hit the button to kill yourself. What? What did I do? Yeah. And Aaron burning through all of his clones in like what 
Five minutes? Was it? It would take longer hour? than that. I mean, it would take at least a good hour. So uh, five and a half minutes. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, any other games? All right. Um, actually, I do have one because I, I I like to say it's because I've had the manual for years, but I know no nobody will ever want to run it. I have the old Farscape D twenty manual because I wow. I love Farscape and D twenty. Yeah, no, I love the setting. I love all the detail they put into it, but it's D twenty, and I'm just, nobody's gonna put up with it, and I can't blame I mean, them for it. So David would okay. okay. All right. David will, uh, David will play anything. Let's see here. Uh, this is from Bishop Sands Pants uh, on the forums. Uh, what do you feel about the use of props from lit candles and period cosplay, character cards, music, etc.? Set the mood. What props uh, have you or would you like to use if you feel positively about props? We don't use music. Copyright issues. Uh, also, audio quality issues. Uh, because we want to make sure people can hear us when we play, so that is a consideration. For yeah, because so we uh, don't do the music. So. Yeah, because the main w- issue that it came up when we were doing the uh, Shadows of Esteran. Uh, well, that was again quality. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that we just had that one Silent Hill yeah, song yeah, playing. Yeah, this wasn't just a yeah. loop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, sometimes it helps to get into character a little bit. Um, I don't think I can really do Meliandre any justice unless I have the purple scarf to flourish over my shoulder when I get to say, The Melodious! <laughs> Alright. I'm trying to teach myself how to play guitar just so that the next time that Dungeon World comes around... David commits to games! <laughs> Holy I can shit! Play he just is a, a couple he of He is chords. a team player. Man. <laughs> just like, I can learn the right way to You're like do the equivalent it. of that guy on the football. He's like, I just, I'm just here to play. I love the game. I love uh, the family. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, let's go! And like, you are team spirit. Holy shit. Uh, he's, it, just, dude, he's, one, he's like... Yeah. He's like those two, the two cheerleaders from uh, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, Spartans. Go Spartans! Go Spartans! Yeah. Uh, Tom, thoughts on props? Um, I th- I like to do uh, handouts. You know, like if I actually have like you know yeah your if I have like you know information you've gathered and I, I it, the handouts form, can be useful especially like especially in the form especially in the form of like a a cutout newspaper article yeah I think it's cool good to actually have an newspaper article. Oh yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, they, they certainly add a, uh, like, keep the players engaged even when they're not, it's not their scene, because they can be going over the handouts and like, trying yeah, to figure I think stuff out. like candles and all that stuff, I could... There's, a, there's a line for theatrics, alright? Yeah. Alright, uh, Bill? Uh, yeah, I generally uh, like them, especially sort of working on the meta level puzzles. Oh yeah, the puzzles for your DD next games have been fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, the downside being those require work. Yeah. Um, I'm not prep work. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Scary. I mean, if you're going to be putting together, say, a map, and you say, all right, I've got this map ahead, you guys, and it's just a piece of graph paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen things, man. <laughs> First, you have to evaluate the free mapping softwares that are available. Then you have to begin to learn. Yeah. Uh, Kale? Yep. So, uh, I have this idea for this game of, like, Toying for like two years using cards, yeah. Like where there's certain things you see in in the scenario that trigger like because it's an amnesia scenario trigger things, and every character has a different reaction to the same clue. So you pass out cards, yeah. So people think about differently. But man, so much work uh, to organize and do. So uh, I'm never. I didn't come here to work. I came here to game. Yeah. (laughs) Um. 
So, uh, thoughts on D&D next? That's we're we're gonna run it whenever it comes out. Yeah, but my my prop, yeah. I, I did yeah. use props before with the uh, pretzel sticks in No Evil. Oh yeah, that was great. So uh, and, and, you know, for, that was a good bamboo. With, yeah, <laughs> it was good. I loved it. Uh, so for D and D next, we'll we'll get to it when it comes out. So that 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 we'll table that real discussion for that until after it comes out. Um, what is the most novel role playing system you've seen? Uh, Dread for me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if, that, if they aren't the same thing, what's the most novel system that you've seen that oh. seems like it would work? So, but yeah, Dread, easy for me. Any other novel systems? Um, not a tabletop game as much as a CCG, but I really did like the old Deadlands. Because their way of resolving combat wasn't to compare your numbers versus these other numbers. It was, all right, draw a poker hand. Yeah. All of the cards had a little symbol at the top that told you what they counted as for poker hands. I like that, Everybody too. got a five-card stud hand. Yeah. I, I'm one of the, yeah. I think they dropped that in one of the later editions, but I don't remember. Uh, anyway. Fiasco. Fiasco? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's almost not... Uh, like, Even an RPG, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost sort of just like a game-shaped hole... Yeah. <laughs> in which you pour, you know, improv into it. Yeah. I poured booze into it. <laughs> that <laughs> also works. <laughs> you really should Fantastic play that results. Yeah. You really should try playing that game sober sometime. I don't know. Apparently it works pretty well when I didn't. Yeah. yeah the, Why right. am I supposed well, to need a control? Like we need a control for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, Aaron, Tom, any novel RPGs coming up? Uh, yeah, Dread pretty much was the one, although yeah. I know my primary experience remains uh, with the video that we shot. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Dirty World, and by extension, oh, Better yeah. Angels, yeah. you know. The characters. Like, Actually, where you can talk people to death and... Yeah. Or know, just run away like from... <laughs> yeah. And, or run away from prostitutes. Uh, uh, or fire a cloud of screaming angry blackbirds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you feel about cooperative board games? I mean, we play them. Yeah. Or we like yeah, them. Yeah, I think we they prefer... They infuriate me? <laughs> they no. <laughs> no, I think uh, we prefer... I, we, I think we prefer... Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, if it's players against each other, um, we don't enjoy it nearly as much as if it's a collaborative. Because, well, frankly, if I'm going to be facing off against Caleb or Ross, my option is not how do I win this game, it's how do I be the second to last to be eliminated. Dude, if there's dice, you win the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you <laughs> If there's death traps, I lose. My dice can only hold out for so long against your death traps. Or Ross's, uh, Ross's. Yeah, yeah. No, clearly. Horrible monstrosity. Uh, let's see here. So we've already gone into the, these questions from Leviathan on the forums. Uh, how do you guys go about introducing new players into the group? We sort of went over that in history. Blood yeah. in, blood and out. And in episodes, We're, too. Yeah, we, we just are horrible. Just throw them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lately, we've gotten a little bit. It's time to teach you how to swim. Uh, yeah. What's uh, the sharks? We've gotten better, though, I think, because no, like, no, not sharks, the, the, the new players that were introduced in Hex Hollow... Uh, had previously been in some D&D Next games that aren't going to be posted. Uh, and, yeah, I think, so we're, we're getting a little bit, easing them in is yeah. Yeah, a little bit better. So, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the haunting is the goofus. It's not what you want. So, um, next question, does anyone in the RPPR sequel, except, except for Caleb and Ross, have anything in the pipeline as far as actual RPG products go? So, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. 
Uh, let's see here. Um, out of any RPG creative. ever made, which you wish you made yourself, D&D or Shadowrun for the sweet, sweet RPG dollars. Uh, probably Shadowrun, I think, because with the video game and video games, I think it's probably... Well, actually, Deadlands right now, because that's been yeah, brought up by Microsoft. Yeah, options of Yeah. So, oh, really? keep that artistic integrity. Well, I make RPGs. I make elf games. Like I know, but I don't think the guy was asking the question is like, do you want money? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's not what I heard when you read the question yeah, aloud. That's what I heard. <laughs> that's how we interpret things differently. All right. <laughs> I would also like money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, I mean, which RPG ever made? I mean, if you're talking about art, art I wish I made Unknown Armies, because, like, Holy shit, that's the best game no one plays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I wish I had made that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, I mean, because it's, it's one of the few 80s games that you can actually play today with, and it's the 80s game design, and it's, it's still a solid, enjoyable game. Like, very few games from the 80s are like that. I'm trying to think which one was the first to do the open gaming license. Uh, mainly uh, third because- Ed. Yeah. I wish I had come up with that particular idea. It's the, you know, I've got a lot of ideas for how to make this game, yeah. but I think that the community has a lot more. So I'm going to turn to them and say, do your best. On the other hand, to it. if yeah. you had done that, then you would be Ryan Dancy. Would that be worth it? Ooh, <laughs> it might controversy. Be. It um, really might be. Yeah. I would pick Over the Edge because... The amount of substances that must have been consumed <laughs> to the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, yeah I'd pick something like that, or like <laughs> Fiasco or Dogs, or like something where like it. RPGs are generally emulations of other forms of fiction and media, and like when people come up with RPGs, they're just totally divorced <laughs> from any like base subject matter. Like, I'm in armies, Tim Powers novels, I guess, but yeah. it is very much its own animal. So, yeah. like, so any game like that, I'm usually pretty much in awe of. You, you wouldn't be Vincent Baker just for the cult? <sighs> no. <laughs> well, actually, uh, I, have, I have to say it, if I'm being honest with myself, Palladium. Yeah. Because if I was in charge of it, I actually would have listened to... You would have made a new edition. I would have made a new edition. Yeah. I would have, and I would have actually got new art. It's in my. It's new art, so. N- more, more new, newer. <laughs> newer. And more frequently. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would just say, a close face, just because of all the raw creativity that goes on over there and too. You, Plus, that means I would be an immortal cyber you, vampire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would be the coolest person in gaming. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> have you seen the movie? <laughs> Damn. They, they are pretty. Uh, I just go in there stylish. and I'm with RPPR. Thank you for liking my. Some reason like Hawaiian shirts and khaki yeah. cargo shorts and Jim Cotton and you go over there and Sandals they're playing and socks, like yeah. obscure German techno and there's and all leather and way hair. Yeah. And you go like, can I come to the future? I think the booth is a rave. Exactly. Can I come to the future with you? Get away, plebe. We have to in this freelancers meeting, we have to go to the party. Pale gaunt yet beautiful women smoking thin cigarettes and judging you. Exactly. Uh, What's been everyone's reaction? Old and new girl like to RPPR's popularity, uh, and how do you handle criticism? Mad with power. Poorly. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, what are you implying? Actually, I do have a story for this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of talking about that because uh, I, I joke with everybody else that yeah, I managed to achieve like sub Z grades internet celebrity. 
that somebody will eventually look around but uh, and say something to me on the internet. But this last Gen Con, uh, I was wandering about in the uh, dealer room and some guy stopped me and said, you're Aaron, aren't you? Yeah. And I thought, oh, you saw my badge, you saw my RPPR button. And I said, oh, yeah, I guess you saw that. And he stopped dead and said, no, I recognized your voice. And I sat there going... The hell! That's happened several times at Gen Con for me. Yeah, well, in you, yeah, you, I would understand you because you're part of the main podcast. Well, hey, you're on the main podcast, and you were the writer of the stories. But sitting here going like, oh, I I submitted to a thank you photograph with yeah. my fan. Yeah, I actually I for like I'm gonna like oh I'm, I'm gonna look dumb here. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll be honest. The first time it weirded me right the hell out at Gen Con because like Did where we live like. Normally, like Sarah will, and a misguided attempt to be a supportive spouse, like yeah. mentioned, like I wrote an RPG book, and I'm, everyone's yeah. like, "What's an RPG?" Like, and that's like ninety nine percent of my life. But then, like Gen Con people are just like, "Oh my God, you're you're Caleb." I'm like, <laughs> like, looking around, I instantly think it's a trick. Where's the sniper? Uh, but then it's very pleasant and nice and enjoyable. But I, I was not prepared for it. And then you realize it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, it's always nice and cool. It is. It's sometimes yeah, always I, a positive. I like, do get uh, people messaging me on various things, like on Steam, because there's RPPR Steam group, and I'm the admin for it. So like, oh, that must be the RPPR. And I say I'm the RPPR guy on there, so like they do some detective work there, uh, <laughs> and they like, and they ask questions, and that's fine. Uh, sometimes they go like, they just start asking me, what do you think about the show? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't watch that show. Watch our podcast. Except for regular <laughs> shows. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so it's very kind of, uh, once or twice they've said like I got this on the humble bundle I don't need it I'm like alright free game I won't play <laughs> thanks uh, I probably won't uh, so that's been that, that been kind of weird but yeah um, Bill or anything yeah. alright uh, or criticism I, I'm very grateful for all of oh, the yeah. no incredible yeah no okay, and thank it's very you. cool to interact with the fans so. in every medium it it's is just, that it's very and strange also, yeah, to, to go out it's very strange there. for a lifelong nerd to re- Receive recognition yeah. for the, the RPPR fan meetups always awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. and and to actually just to kind of I'm shout out to them for the year's. yeah the friends yeah. that yeah the friends that we've made from at uh, specifically uh, uh, Ted Dory. Yeah. Uh, so we've uh, he's been pretty much there every year as the one of, and one of the biggest supporters. Yes. So thank you, man. Thank you. So. Uh, so, following up on that, uh, this is from Infinite Jesting. Uh, also, Leviathan says, and, you know, thanks for all the free content. You guys and what you do mean a lot to me. You're welcome. I'll keep supporting your work. Yay. Uh, so, Infinite Jesting. Uh, Thank you for being a fan. That's not a question, Leviathan. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, Caleb yelled it. And he's gone. Uh, hey, guys, just one big question. How have you changed since this all started as role players, writers, maybe even as people? Is there any moment in the APs you would have done differently? Anything you would have written differently? Uh, so thanks for all the awesome episodes and APs. I just re-listened to all of No Evil. So good. Oh, so I'm sure we would have we would have edited ourselves, right? Uh, it, Clearly, yeah. you're like it's like yeah, so I that's Boulder Dash. Yes. Well, uh, silenced pistol dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, so, very good answer. So much more effective. Uh, I would have deleted. Yeah, I would have deleted episode one. I uh, would have had a better backup system for APs. Uh, would have said superhero game. Fuck that noise. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I mean, I think we we've all. I mean, I think because of the APs, we've become more aware of our playing style, and I think we have matured uh, as players and game masters. I'm gonna air quote the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> matured. around matured. Yeah. Okay. 
but I think uh, it, it has helped, and I think because uh, now, that, like, I'm aware of what I've done in the past. I want to try different things in the future. I would have given up Palladium sooner. Uh, yeah. I, if I was to be honest with myself, <laughs> you I, haven't given it up, Tom. Yes, I have. Actually, he can. <laughs> he can leave anytime he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. the next, okay, when I, when I actually insist on running a Palladium game, then you can say I told you so. Yeah. Until then, <laughs> nope. All right. All right, okay. All right, so, Aaron, any thoughts? Uh, I'm defending myself against slander. Actually, the only thing I could probably say, and mainly just running it with you guys, is more confidence, because uh, I will admit, beginning, I was... I felt I was kind of a very small voice in the uh, the booming giants of everybody else who knew how to probably. I don't act know what and you mean. And, <laughs> anyway. and I held on. Do you speak madness? No, but let it, me speak my piece. <laughs> it had Thank you, you guys. <laughs> see, see. Uh, there it is. But in any case, no. As as a better character to kind of integrate and become more part of the story than just say, I repair this part. Thank you for letting me be here. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, I've noticed hey, that as well. I think. Aaron, you. Can I have a caster? Oh God! That's, one of the first, that's the first thing you ever. Yes, seen. yes. That's a story for another uh, time. We don't need it here. Yeah, we were going long as it is. Yeah. We two episodes in. anyway. Um, so Jay uh, asked, "How do you feel about running scenes out of order in a game? Effective, ineffective? Most of the time, things like we say this happened, then later coming back and play out how that came about, or players in different scenes that occurs during different points in time and location, or even flashbacks to that one time when." Uh, and I know we're going to be experimenting with a Trail of Cthulhu game that's explicitly set up like that. Um, uh, or we did. Yeah. Oh well. It, I and think what it was that called? Final Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let's also yeah. be honest with a very thorough murder. That yeah, was part of the part of the joy of the system. Part mm -hmm. of the fun of the scenario in and of itself. So yeah, yeah um, I'm I'm all over that just because not only is it there the novelty of it, but it's one of those looking back and. When you do the flashback, after you finish the flashback, you can jump back to the present and go, "Oh yeah." You I think retroactively, I, I, like it, I like it when it when it, it's appropriate to what we're playing. Yeah, I think it also depends on the scenario too. Because uh, uh, case in point, doing the flashback with Nim, because uh, that was a big chunk of exposition that I had to go through. Where you guys were thankfully sitting patiently for it, but. Uh, yeah, it just depends on how it flows into the story narrative. Yeah, I've only ever done it twice with uh, a very thorough murder and then eclipse phase. And both times it worked really well, but I still think, like, intellectually I know how wrong it can go. Yeah. Uh, That's my big thing. And so, like, if you think it's a good spot for it and you know your players well, I say go for it and it will do nothing but, like, add intrigue to the scenario. Yeah. Man, at the same time, like, a, I'd never do something like that in a con game. It, it's definitely yeah. an advanced technique. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a very, uh, in terms of story structuring. Um, I mean, I'll be posting games out of order, especially with the Eclipse Phase duality campaign, uh, but that's... Because we don't know the order anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I know the I wrote notes, all right? I have written notes. It's fine. Let's, let's see those notes. No. No, no. <laughs> Uh, so... Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Jeez. Yeah, it's... it's. I've done... I've experimented with it well, and it's just very... You have to be very careful about how you set it up, because otherwise player... Because it's very easy to fall on a thing where players invalidate something you, you like. You go do the flashback or something like that, and it, like, creates a time paradox or whatever, and it's just... It's hard to do, so Which if you can pull it off, though, it's really... It's worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, continuum. Jeez, oh. that's nothing but that. And, like, how the fuck can you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that question could be called, or why Continuum would be cool if you could run it. Yeah. 
so uh, that's kind of, I mean there are more like there's more a lot of more questions but we're kind of running out of time so we can uh, always do another episode of questions later we yeah we can always do that later uh so it's been 100 episodes of the main podcast and count many many well not countless but many episodes of the ap plus gonna be specials Sorry. uh do it do you guys just want to give a final like uh final thoughts of the uh uh, RPPR era. Uh, just easily for everybody who has been listening to us who has have thought that our, what we are doing is interesting enough to continue online and uh, paying paying for the pleasure of to uh, keep us around thank you very much yeah. that's Yes, definitely. Thank you all, to all of the fans. Thank you for being fans. Thank you for liking us and thank listening, commenting, and discussing with us and letting us know how you feel. Um, even the critiques, everything like that. I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, we talk about when you guys comment on the episodes. It's it's always a good topic of discussion, uh, and. This means you, Crawkill, and Tad, and all those other regulars. Jern, OST13. You're regular listening to us. It, it's what fuels me. I yeah, no, it's... I, yeah, I never... Years. When I started this, I never realized that there would be people who would be listening to it and getting them through losing weight at the gym or hiking or, like, getting them through boring jobs at being, you know, literal mall cops or <laughs> guards yeah. and balls or auditing tests or sailing or whatever. And allow, allow us kind of get, like, a... An inflated vision of ourselves, like we're doing a vital service. Not really, just maybe no. like, oh, it's hey, just me then. yeah. Well, well, on, on the flip side of that, like, I don't think I could say that uh, in in regards to how it changed since RPPR yeah. started, my life has not exactly taken a meteoric rise. Yeah, uh, since I've met you guys, but that's nothing to do with the podcast, and in, and that's been a huge source of strength, both yeah. like getting to know you guys and playing we the give game each other and all the fans online like yeah. that's a huge source of affirmation yeah uh in otherwise good, good, good so i'm very yeah. appreciative so yeah, yeah. It's, a good, for, it's a good jolt of endorphins yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very needed jolt <laughs> yeah. of endorphins it's uh yeah no i, I love the rppr community um i've always impressed by what you guys have to say to us and uh we'll, we'll keep on keeping on as long as uh, yeah. uh until the you know Global zombie apocalypse, right? Sure. Heat death of the universe, strike, sir. climate change, uh, plague wipes us out. <laughs> we'll probably keep on after that if Ross automates the backlog. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll totally. Well that, after that, that when the meteors are like when the when the zombies are at the door, I'll be like, come on. Please tell me there's a thermometer bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we'll just automate it. We'll automate it for Ross. Uh, we got enough of a backlog. We could, I could do this. Could go for years before you guys even know I'm dead. <laughs> And then the last thing that's still heard live from Ross yeah. is just him doing, going all Captain Rhodes. Yeah. Movie, like, choke on it! <laughs> <laughs> yes, RPPR, choke on it. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to this for 100 episodes uh, and perhaps 100 more. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. Based on Japanese history. Uh, being based on history... The um, stages of the game will also be based on famous battles which took, actually took place in ancient Japan. So here's this giant enemy crab. What I'll do is use Benkei here to <clears throat> flip over this crab on its back. Let's see if he shows up. And you attack its weak point for massive damage. <clears throat> Giant crab, enemy crab, Giant crab, 
giant enemy crab. Enemy crab. Giant crab. Based on Japanese history. Giant crab. Enemy crab. Giant crab. Giant enemy crab. Giant crab. Enemy crab. Actually took place in ancient Japan. Massive crab. Massive damage. Massive crab. Being based on history. Massive crab. Massive damage. Massive crab. Based on Japanese history. Attack is weak point. Massive damage. Attack is weak point. Massive damage. Flip over this crab on its back. Attack is weak point. Massive damage. Genji 2 is a giant enemy crab based on Japanese history. Being based on history, the um, stages of the game will also be based on giant enemy crab. Giant.